0: Hello and welcome to a very special episode of What Am I Rolling, a twice-monthly RPG one-shot podcast. A few weeks back, my good friends at Normal Danzels, a charity focused on empowering diverse-gendered people in the RPG and wargaming community, hosted a panel for the Podcast Zone at Dragon Meet, one of the UK's most vibrant tabletop gaming conventions. This special episode is a live recording of their panel, representation in fantasy settings. It's not easy being green, do you ever get sad that your orc has to be an angry warrior? Aren't you ready for a soft orc librarian? We know that changing up the rules of fantasy creates some of our best characters. Learn to use his power for good, challenge stereotypes, and use diversity to make better settings and better games. This panel was hosted by No More Damsels co-founder Sarah Pipkin and features a great lineup of guests, including Kate Madison from Chaotic Neutral Games, Chris Hislop from Adventures Wanted, Anil Goodgamar from Rusty Quill, and Naomi Clark from Power Word Roll, and No More Damsels. I will link to all the guests' work and their social media accounts on the What Am I Rolling website, and in this episode's show notes. No More Damsels also made a recommended fantasy reading list of 13 authors who are redefining the fantasy genre. You can find this list and find out more about No More Damsels on their website. That's www.nomoredamselsrpg.org. And with all that out of the way, let's get to the panel. And remember adventurers need not apply.
1: So thank you for coming to this representation in fantasy uh, panel. My name is Sarah Pipkin, Um, I use she her pronouns and I am the secretary and co-founder of No More Damsels, an organisation focused on um, bringing um, gender diversity to the RPG world. So we're really happy to be here, we're really excited to see you all. Um, We've got four lovely panellists, if you could please
2: introduce yourselves. Uh, Starting with Kate. Okay, hi everyone. I am Kate Madison. I am a producer, director, actor. I am here representing Chaotic Neutral Games that I am a part of. (laughs) They're right there. Um, (laughs) And uh, uh, we do a live-streamed D&D game on Twitch every Friday at 8pm. Sorry, I'm self-promoting now. (laughs) Uh, And and I also made uh, various fantasy projects, uh, including a web series called Ren the Girl with the Mark, which you should all go watch. Yep. yep. <laughs> oh, she, he. No, she. <laughs> <laughs> she, he, That's he. a new one, okay. Uh, sorry, I'm not used to using those.
3: <laughs> uh, hi, my name's Anil Gudigamua. I use he, him pronouns. Uh, I am the chief communications officer and community manager for Rusty Quill, a podcasting network that puts out three shows uh, on a weekly basis, although uh, seasons depending. We've got an actual play Pathfinder podcast called the Rusty World Gaming Podcast, or anthology show, The Magnus Archives, and a sci-fi improv comedy show called Stella Firma.
4: Hi, I am Naomi, I use she, her pronouns, uh, I'm the other half of the uh, No More Damsels experience, uh, my job is to do all the handshaking and Sarah does all the work. Uh, <laughs> the other hat that I wear is I'm on the Power Word Roll podcast, which is like an edited radio play version of a D&D actual play podcast for people who don't have four hours. Um, <laughs> And I'll
5: hand over to you. Uh, I'm Chris. I use he and they pronouns. Uh, I'm the co-creative producer of Adventurers Wanted. We stream a whole bunch of stuff, but uh, at the moment, the big one is we stream Agents of the Nine Hells at twitch.tv slash d Hooray!
0: Fun. Thank you.
1: So just a quick note about how this is going to work in terms of format. Uh, We're going to talk for about 45 minutes uh, just about representation, and we'll try to leave some time at the end for questions. We do have to be out of here at six o'clock, so it's going to be a bit fast. Um, so, for you guys, we're just going to start off with a really broad one. Um, so, why why does representation matter to you? Um, If anyone wants to start that off. It
4: doesn't have to start with me. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to start because I've got a loud voice and I'm here. Uh, I have had experiences where I've been sat at a table and someone said, Oh, you're playing a female character. They can't own a business. and Their husband can own a business and i'm like cool it's vampire i can control people <laughs> with my face um, and it's set in the modern day they're like yes but you were born in like the 1800s i'm like cool so i've had 200 years to get onto it <laughs> uh, <laughs> and so it's having these experiences that makes me think wow there's just like there's so many great people that i deal with on a day-to-day basis and there's so many wonderful role players out there of like various breeds and creeds and we just so often I, I feel like I, I hit a wall at a public game or something where I'm like, I've sat down at the wrong table. And I, I would like for a lot of new role players and people coming into the community to not have that this is the wrong table experience. So for me, it's, it's kind of opening up those doors and making sure that we're bringing people in and making sure that that first experience is always, wow, I want to do this again, not I don't think I'll come back here. So it, it's kind of aggressively making that experience for other people is kind of why I do it.
3: Um, do you want to take over? Uh, sure. Um, for me, representation matters in terms of the stories that people tell and the stories that can be told and the stories that we hear. Because more often than not, we get the same, the same stories and the same tropes uh, trotted out over and over again by the, same, uh, by the same kinds of creators. So, Greater representation and greater diversity in the narrative world uh, allows us to hear stories that we wouldn't otherwise, allows us to understand different perspectives and actually revel in the richness uh, of those stories. Uh, and it's something new. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
2: um, I, I find it really interesting as a creator um, how um, I have to monitor my own uh, representation, if not my own representation, but what I represent. Um, because um, I think it's very, you know, in a way very natural for us to, to focus on ourselves. So as I, when I write, I often write female leads or whatever uh, and things, so I can totally understand how it can be very difficult to write representation that isn't you. Um, And so I've been very conscious of it um, in the last sort of uh, couple of years of trying to to write stuff that isn't the world I know. And And I think that we miss out on a
4: lot of flavour and a lot of uh, Mm. a lot of interest and a lot of really complex, interesting stories. Yeah, because Uh, as content creators, we have that opportunity, um, unlike a lot of big area studios and things (laughs) where it's all controlled by. By large companies and things we have a personal responsibility and an ability to do that
2: yeah absolutely and um because i work in fantasy a lot it's very easy to stick with that same trope of uh the european fantasy thing and so uh and looking at how how do you sort of like diversify from that um, mm. without feeling like it just is, oh, we, we need someone of color and, you know, something like that. So trying to do it in a natural way uh, is very interesting at the moment for, for me as a personal thing.
5: Interesting mentioning big companies because <laughs> my experience is not a recently transgender DMs, best way to put it, like it's mm-hmm. only been less than a year for me. And, um, finding my own place in that, which has been difficult enough as it is in my life, let alone in my DMing, um, then also finding in conversations with larger companies that it's not on their mind, that yeah. you go in and say, hey, we've been working with players and consultants on uh, trans awareness and positivity, and the response isn't, oh, we don't care. The response is, that's great. What What is that? <laughs> it's, it's, um, <laughs> it seems like a lot of the main language around this when used is this is great we support this 100% and you go cool where are the people where are the faces where are the stories where not just the real life stories but the fantasy stories where do those interlock and it feels like the industry falls behind in that mark it's often the same faces or people who don't like to talk about where they are and who they are which is entirely their prerogative of course but it does mean that you feel a little like you're by yourself or you're on your own when I don't think that's even remotely true
4: and the possibility of making stories so that somebody else can say, oh, that's me. Yeah. I think it's very is important very as well. It is yeah. indeed.
1: Um, so, because we are, everyone on this panel is in one way or another involved with content creation, um, especially Kate, um, as you've got the podcast, or sorry, you've got the stream and the and the web series. So how has being a minority voice in the RPG community influenced the content choices that you are making?
2: Um, I think for me, I... I think I have been particularly lucky uh, in the sense that, and possibly because I've only got involved in um, like friend games, home games, um, and an online game that has been very inclusive to to all, uh, to all of that. I mean, it was stated from the start when Simon brought me on board that th- this is what this game is. And, you know, do you have a problem with any of this? Because this is going to come up. Um, and I think, um, so, Yeah, having not joined sort of public games and had those experiences at a table, I I feel very lucky that I haven't had any real negative um, things. I mean, I'm part of, you know, Chaotic Neutral. We currently have three female players and one male player. Um, So we're actually more female than than male in that sense. So there's no minorities there. Uh, Lots of the characters um, are gay or bi um, and things. And it's all just, um, yeah, it feels very good in that sense, I think uh with the web series um it's a bit more traditional at the moment we've started but as I said this is the same thing that I've been looking at how do we um you know diversify more make sure we're representing um everybody and that sort of thing and you have a main female lead as well so that was obviously a choice so yeah uh yeah and I think um again I, I think because I'm writing it I think you know when the idea first came, this is often how I write things, I'm like, oh, I could maybe play that, and then I decide not to, and I cast someone who's better and younger than me. Um, but, but, you know, that, that sort of is often where it sort of comes from. And, and that sort of, I, I, could, I, I guess I feel I can, um, you know, relate more, it is that thing. Uh, so, so I yeah, I write to what I sort of know. Um, but again, we try and balance it. But even then, I mean, we, even with Ren, we sort of look at it and go, there's not actually that many female parts in this. Like, there's a female mm. lead, but and she has a friend, but does the friend really say much? And you know, so it's it's so easy to to miss those things as well, and not realizing uh, realize how um, the the sort of way of things, the, the way things have been done, and the stories that you have uh, ha- sort of influence how you proceed in in things, um, which is. Yeah, it's really interesting sort of stuff. But, um, yeah, for me personally, I, I feel very lucky that I have not yet been involved in any games where I'm like, oh, this is, this is not fun. So, We
5: yeah. had to really put the... Um, we made a decision recently to go, we are going to present more non-binary NPCs in particular, non-binary and trans NPCs. Now, obviously, as the frequent DM, there is quite a lot of choice from me in there about who I want to represent as well. But we're very lucky in that having more trans non-binary players as well means that we have a world where something that often feels excluded or overlooked becomes a sort of major part of how our stories work. And finding tropes within that that don't fall into some of the more awkward trans non-binary um, tropes, archetypes, is incredibly difficult. Mm-hmm. And um, Speaking to other players and them going, oh, I was thinking something in this direction and saying as a DM, I think you might be falling into some negative stereotyping there is a very tricky part of how all this fits together, especially within my gender and a lot of how that comes about. Home games feel like a space to experiment and explore, and that's wonderful. And I certainly say any content creators out there, use your home games as a place to go, What, what, what how can we try this? How can we try and change something and then in live game formats is obviously a lot harder because the whole world's watching in some ways and you want to make sure you're representing correctly. We have a policy of that players in live games shouldn't really be playing outside of their own gender parameters on a certain level to be able to present what they know and understand unless they've been experimenting in home games or they have spent a lot of time researching or speaking to friends to make sure that we're not just turning up and going, this character's now trans, why, I don't know. Does it (laughs) matter to the story? Not especially. That would
3: yeah. be a shame. Yeah, it's, under, it's understanding those steps, uh, and they are steps because no one, no one is going to like leap into these things because if they do, it's usually unthought of or yep. it hasn't been thought about properly. Yeah, um, and one of the things that we hear about, uh, that as a community manager hear from from fans, is making sure sh- is the thought that has gone into characters uh, and the thought that has gone into your world building uh, and it's by making sure that you're taking those little steps uh, then we can start to build up a bigger picture rather than saying okay we have to be like big corporate policy of okay we are going we, we need to be trans aware and we will make sure that all of our games are going to be with trans folk and trans characters and not understand the world isn't necessarily set up uh, to handle it or that their, that more, their systems aren't there to handle it. It's more
5: work than just going we're going to do it, yeah. tick, it's we're going to do it now we need to research, look up, make sure we're speaking to people, yeah it's a and big difference.
3: We've ticked that box, right, that's done, what's the next category yeah. of person we have to deal with? Uh, <laughs>
4: Um, For me, as a creator, uh, I've made quite a few different characters on our podcast because we've done a little bit of series and bits of this and that. Um, When I make a character, I'm trying to think, okay, well, what's the story I'm trying to tell and what's a story that's maybe not being told? So uh, I quite like playing, like, older characters because you don't see a lot of young characters, especially in podcasts. Like, I love playing grandmothers. Very fun. <laughs> very fun. Um, but also I, I like playing queer characters. Um, as a young queer female, I feel like uh, playing a young uh, queer female who is in a loving relationship who gets the happy ending is very important to me personally. Yeah. Uh, like, I, I, I like playing characters where my gender or my sexuality... Is not the impetus for another character to, to move on. Like their death does not then mean that the plot can move on without me. Uh, so I feel like making those like important, like really positive stories, uh, kind of feels very important to me because that's not something that I get to see very often.
3: Yeah. Um, By making yeah you t- you turn you turn this, you turn you attempt to turn neg- st- negative stereotypes into positive stories yeah. and avoid things like the bury your gaze trope. Right? Yeah, yeah. So
4: for me, uh, we took bury your gaze trope and I started with a. A queer couple, uh, of which I was one part, and my partner um, was uh, had died. And so I was like, okay, well, I don't want to do Bury Your Gays, so I'm gonna to go to the underworld and get their soul and bring them back so that we can have that happy reunion because I'm not having Bury Your Gays in this podcast. Mm-hmm. Like, that is the thing that I've set for myself. I, and now, you yeah.
1: touched a bit on avoiding sort of just taking off boxes. So <laughs> what would you think would be the f- important first steps in creating more diverse worlds?
3: There's two. There's two aspects to this. There's one if you're coming from the uh, from the perspective of the underrepresented the, the underrepresented parties, uh, and if you're coming from that if you're coming from that perspective, then the steps are work out the stories that you work out the stories you want to tell, uh, um, and sorry it it's, it's a little bit difficult to to try and to trump it it's because there is a danger of um, the by saying that you've got to put in the work in order to in order to get the doors open and things like that i i want to avoid the line of well you're you are the minority and therefore you have to put in the work in order to do that because that that's definitely not the thing but it's a case of making your point and making it loudly and making it clear and making it so that uh, um, You can show uh, You can show that you that your stories are as good as everybody else's and so you find like-minded people uh, you you find a way to um, to write uh, to write those and The the thing is like it is easier these days to make it is easier than it has ever been to make a podcast uh, it, the first steps uh, into that world are actually much simpler than they have been. Obviously there are barriers to entry, and there are lots of barriers of entry to, depending on like socioeconomic factors and things like that. But there are ways, and probably a little bit too much to go into um, in detail here, but one of the things Rusty Quill wants to work on, particularly in the next year, is lowering those barriers to entry uh, and finding ways to lift people up, and this comes back to the: if you have a platform, or if you are of the majority represented um, uh, uh, viewpoint or, or uh, faction, you examine your un- you examine your biases. You examine a lot. But you you sit down and say, okay, most biases are unconscious. Where are mine? What am I writing, and why am I writing it? And if if I am not if I am not looking to make a diverse world, is that a conscious decision or an unconscious decision? Because there are, there are stories that can be told with conscious. If you have, if you have made that decision consciously and are looking at it in a well thought out voice, so that if somebody does push against you, you can say, okay, this is the reason why, and I have actual reasons for it. Uh, most of the most of the content that we see is often unconscious bias uh, for underrepresentation, uh, and then i mean that like so you examine your biases you also get people in there are lots and lots of people yeah. you can talk to uh, who will have the viewpoints uh, who will have differing viewpoints and can challenge you understand that being challenged is not a drawback uh, it is not a down point do you you need to be able to see these you need to be able to see these uh, other viewpoints in order to be in order to properly understand, in order to properly show that you have thought about, A, the stories that you are telling and the world that you are building. Yeah. Sorry, a bit rambly there. But not at
5: all. <laughs> I was going to talk about um, unconscious bias is fascinating because it's unconscious bias is a double-edged sword. It's not just... Um, It's not just straight, cis, white men Mm. that are making unconscious biases. The the world is full of unconscious biases, Mm. even within smaller communities, and especially within underrepresented communities as well. It is super important every step of the way to try and not only open up to the idea that people are trying to come in and support, even if they are terrible at it. (laughs) I (laughs) know that sounds a bit counterintuitive, but... Players who want to learn about pronoun usage, players who want to understand about it. I've had wonderful success in home games and in live games of players going, I don't, okay, I don't know what I'm doing. Everyone goes, okay, that's that's fine. We'll talk it through, we'll talk through pronoun usage, we'll talk through how you can correct yourself if there are mistakes, because mistakes happen. I mean, that's misgendering is a particularly bad one in um, trans communities because it can raise all of the previous misgendering you've ever experienced. It's a particularly bad, exa- not bad example, bad situation. It is part of this to have the ability to go, are you a decent person? Are you trying to do the right thing? How can we support you in keeping you in this place? I think that's a really big part of it. There is an assumption of unconscious bias being negative or aggressive when Mm -hmm. it might just be unconscious. And the ability to then criticise, as you say, and if the person can take criticism and work with it is... When you see those small changes, I've got a couple of players where you've seen small changes over six months and it's just lovely. Just someone going, you realise someone's been using the correct pronouns all day and go, oh, yeah, there was we, no correction today and you've worked and you've tried and you, you will get it wrong sometimes but you've worked and the work is the important thing. Yeah, the, edu-
3: the educational aspect yeah. of it and understanding that it is a matter of education in the sense of we see a lot of we see a lot of unnuanced talk uh, mm. around diversity and representation, and things. Platforms like Twitter and and such are not are not great at showing. Uh, <laughs> they uh, at, at showing nuances, particularly when you have got very heated issues uh, mm. that it is easier to jump on and say and attack somebody for and for being, as you say, on un- for, for these unconscious biases where mm. the un where. It is unconscious and not just, I am being willfully, um, Unpleasant. I'm willfully, unple- I'm being willfully bigoted and willfully erasive. Mm. Um, there is a space between, I just don't know, and I am setting out to hurt somebody. Uh, yes. And we have to understand that in that space is where the education lies and where people can change. Uh,
2: uh, <laughs> no, no, no. I was was me I, yeah no I, I uh, yeah no, cool. no, no. so uh, I didn't have I, anything much to add is that was a lot of good stuff um, I think
4: what it comes down to is a conscious effort to be inclusive mm-hmm. and challenging conception so uh, something we can all do in our games uh, one of the NMD things we say is diverse guards. Uh, we see guards in buildings all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Does it have to be the same template guy <laughs> that we just peeled out of the, the thing and slapped him on? It could be anybody, you know? Uh, it can be NPCs. Just remembering to add a little bit of flavor, a little bit of add- addition. Uh, you're going to get it wrong sometimes, but if you keep doing it, you'll get better habits. And then the other thing is making sure that we're reading diverse source materials. There is not just, like... Um, Lord of the Rings like there's a lot of dudes in that book Um, you know (laughs) like uh, there's lots of things Uh, I'd like to highlight Sarah our lovely uh, librarian has made a diverse reading list that we are going to be posting on a website of like lots of different fantasy settings uh, that have got much better, interesting backgrounds. I'm sorry, I'm saying that she also does love Lord of the Rings. She might shoot me. Um, Maybe. So yeah. a little bit. A little bit. She Just loves a little it. bit.
3: So yeah. Yeah, and understanding that you don't necessarily have to do a lot of work in order to go and find those source material. But, uh, most cultures have produced the same have produced the same materials uh, yeah. throughout their literary history. Uh, I mean, from from my perspective. You don't exactly see a lot of Indians in sci fi. Uh, yeah. And yet, Bollywood has produced sci fi films. <coughs> there are fantasy films in, in Bollywood culture. You just have to go and look for them. Uh,
4: and also, there's lots of, um, there's plenty of like a, the equivalent of a BuzzFeed list. Yeah. Like, yeah. there are plenty of lists out there on the internet where you're like, hi, I'd like to reduce this. I'd like to reduce this, please. I'd like to, I'd like to <laughs> investigate this. I, I um, don't know what the word was. I was looking for, uh, and people will say, Hey, here's a list of ten things that we recommend."
5: Or, mm. well, I mean, as always with looking for underrepresented voices online, look outside of traditional media. We have a wonderful tool. We, you know, Twitter is sometimes a very difficult mm. place, undeniably, but in the same vein people, anyone can tweet, which means you get very varied voices in there, which actually can be very useful when you're looking for ways to talk about or present certain characters. Blogs are more useful than the New York Times. Yeah. Yeah. Um uh, Reddit AMAs are incredible for going, I know nothing about X topic. The, here's a great starting point, especially you can take part in the AMA as well, but not everyone's a Redditor.
3: So. <laughs> yeah. Reddit, Reddit is actually a really good tool for mm. looking at um, underrepresented voices. Admittedly, we all know that a lot of Reddit is <laughs> oh, yeah. not exactly waters that you wish to uh, go swimming in. An but, act um, of
4: garbage fire, I think is what the <laughs> word well,
3: people. Yes, um, but there, are, but there are good points. There yes. are good subreddits, and there are good, um, there are good people talking about these sorts of topics yeah. on uh, on Reddit. Uh, That's why AMAs are particularly great. Mm.
5: AMAs are fantastic because yes, you'll get people asking questions. They just get ignored, or someone may have the freedom to go, I'm going to answer this really quite offensive question in a way that is open and responsive and means that you're getting the answers that you may not actually have been looking for because everyone can read them and that's I was reading one recently about something a very difficult topic that might come up in a new game and it was full of terrible questions but every now and again there would be answers in there that would just really explain something that I know nothing about and having the freedom to read about it and go, I now have the beginnings of an idea of how this is going to work is super important. Thoroughly recommend
1: I think just because we're a bit constrained on time, I'm just going to move the sure. conversation along a bit. Sure. Um, so I think, Chris, especially as you, yeah. are dungeon master or game master.
5: Whatever you like,
1: yeah. Um, <laughs> controller of the game world. <laughs> oh, God, no, not that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so how do you think we can make diverse set- settings feel real and not forced? Um,
4: this is a question that we and No More Damsels get quite a lot
5: well, if someone thinks that diversity is forced, what the hell world do they live in? <laughs> I like, think your world is diverse. I mean, not as diverse as it could be potentially, but you're, you are, if you're the dungeon master or the games master or whatever you want to call yourself, you are presenting the world that you want your players to live in. And surprise, surprise, that world may be the world that you want to live in. Demystify it. Give them the tools to find out more about how these things come about. And just create a world and go, no, in this world, it's like this. And your players, most of them anyway, will come along for the ride. Because most of your players are there because they want to have fun. They want to play a game. They want to enjoy themselves, role play with friends, all the rest of it. And saying, in this world, this is the case. Whatever this is, it could be anything. And then have them all go, I don't understand. Give them a chance to talk. Session zeroes are brilliant. Thoroughly mm. recommended every campaign you start having the ability to go, this, is, this may not be something that you experience and it may feel forced, but if we all accept that this is the world all these characters live in, it will stop feeling forced in the first half an hour of the game. And maybe every now and again a player will go, oh, is that the, okay? And they'll just make notes, they'll get used to it, they'll move through with it. And frankly, if we are forcing a little bit to make this world that you are all playing in, a better version of the one we have right now, we'll write on. Yeah.
3: Um, and a slight... Uh, counterpoint um, uh, to that if unless you unless you and your players are coming from a very insular background if you are not making your world diverse you are actually putting more effort in to not (laughs) to to undiversifying your world than the real world is uh, Mm. and that just seems counterintuitive to me yeah yeah
5: we, we 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 were quite heavy on Lord of the Rings earlier. Yeah. On, that's perfectly fair. But there, there is there are books. Sorry, no, it's perfectly fair.
4: No, I'm talking to Sarah.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <Sorry>. I <laughs> have come to terms with it.
5: <laughs> there are books out there for a Lord of the Rings RPG that detail how you can make the world different and more varied and more diverse. Not in, it's not like paragraphs, but there'll be an aside somewhere, and you as a DM can go. Circle, we're doing that, that's the thing we're doing. Like, you can find ways of doing that in any game system. Yes, the the original book, it's very, very white and very, very male, undeniably, but you can move away from the source material. Mm. Nothing locks you into that mentality more. The first series of Star Trek, female captains didn't exist. By the second, there were female admirals. Different writers brought different things to the table and you as a DM, you as a creator of any kind are doing the same thing.
4: I think, like, uh, as players, we want to have fun, we yeah. want to create worlds that are positive and enjoyable and fun for our places, players to be in, even if they're grimdark or difficult yeah. or totally. complex. Um, but as content creators, I think we also have a res- responsibility to to make sure that we're putting our viewpoint out and make sure that we're, we're act- actively doing the work. Yeah. So I think part of that is We get better at it as we keep doing it, and we get better at it as we take in that knowledge. So I think part of it is junk in, junk out. Mm. If all you are consuming is, uh, like, CBS white people Mm -hmm. having incest, like you are going to just produce some garbage.
5: Don't know what you're watching.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Everyone's looking at me like Game of Thrones. Uh,
5: Oh, right. uh, (laughs) right. Yeah, true. (laughs)
4: It's okay, it's just the biggest fancy, like expensive thing that happened in the last 10 years. It's fine.
5: I wasn't watching (laughs) it for that. (laughs) But fair. I didn't
4: watch it. Um, But but just encouraging us to make access for, for other people to have the platform keep doing it keep practicing and keep talking keep
2: educating i think
4: is kind of where we're at
2: yeah i i think i mean the the best way to make it feel real and not forced is to just put it in there but not be like ding 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 ding. look this (laughs) person's gay or this person's it's just like this is a person and this is who they are but it's kind of just part of the world like uh i think it feels forced if People, um, um, if you make too much of a big deal about it, and so the more you can encourage um, people just to to free free that up, whether yeah, whether you're a DM creating a world and putting those characters in, or letting your characters become uh, to be diverse or whatever, um, it, it's just about yeah, just make it normal, uh, yeah. <laughs> essentially. Normalizing. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then and then you're not uh, and. Um, so, you're, so it's not feeling forced. If people feel like they, oh, you, everyone has to suddenly uh, play a, a different race to themselves or a different genre, whatever, um, then it can feel forced and people can be, like, awkward about it. But just the more you sort of drip-feed those things in or sort of start to introduce characters or something like that, then hopefully it wouldn't feel forced. And making three-dimensional characters yeah.
4: rather than yeah, patron
2: versions.
1: Yeah. I'm just going to add on as the self-proclaimed Lord of the rings fan the
4: the important thing to
1: remember about Lord of the rings is that it's published 70 years ago you know it's quite and and as we know women were not invented (laughs) it's it's not it's not just that but the genre of fantasy has moved on in the past 70 years you know there's a lot of women there's a lot of people of color writing fantasy books writing science fiction books if we are letting our games begin and end with lord of the rings <laughs> and we're not actually really engaging with everything that the fantasy and science fiction genre has to offer um lord of the rings is great it also completely ruined the fantasy genre cuz it's, it's the same. Yeah. exactly exactly Modernization. and yeah. and there. So, the book list that I have created <laughs> has, has a lot of really great people who have moved beyond that. Um, and we need to actively push ourselves to move beyond Lord of the Rings or Game of Thrones or the stories of great white men striding forth to save damsels. This <laughs> is so much more than that. Yeah, I
3: mean, remember, we, we look back and we realize that science fiction and fantasy was created by women. It, like, the genre started with a woman. No, it didn't start off as a white man's story.
4: Yeah. Exactly, <laughs> and she was goth as hell.
3: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um Quick thought on this while
5: we're here, because I reckon some people in this room are also content creators, and that's fantastic, and the more the merrier, as you say, podcasts are hmm? now multiferous, and there's loads, and the more Twitch extremes of podcasts there are, the better. There's a really important point there on representation, which is if we aren't the people to do this, no one else will have the ability to do this. Like, um, uh, I, I, I don't know how to do this being, sounding immodest. Um, I'm openly trans, we stream on the d and channel. I think I'm the only one. And when we talk about that, I do get feedback and fans going, finally someone who's like <laughs> me, finally someone who can talk about these things. And that doesn't, the idea of that being a pedestal is ludicrous. It's the idea of going, no, it's just representative. Here's a, here's a person, oh, it feels like you, good. Now, if you feel like doing it too, do it as well. The thing that makes me really sad more than anything else is that uh, there's an awareness, especially within uh, streaming, that there are people who are similar to myself who aren't open about it because they're worried about what people will think and they're worried about their audience and they're worried about who will go in there. If that's a personal choice, that's a personal choice. That's exactly the way safeguarding mechanisms work in your life and very, very important. I think the more open we can be, where possible, where safe, it is important to be so just to make show easier. people make it easy yeah. to show people that this is not a space where you have to be scared of who you are.
1: Um, I think following along the same sort of theme, um, Naomi. Uh, so how do how would you encourage others to create and take part in more diverse fantasy worlds?
4: Cool. Um, so I run a lot of games. Um, I. Run at clubs quite often, and I quite often end up with tables of all women because I am one of the few female GMs at my club. And it's it, what we try and do is we try and uh, bring more dudes into the space to be like, hey, look at all these great female role players hanging out and making great characters. You could have them at your table. Look at look at the safeguards that we use. You can have these. So we have X cards, which are around. You can pick one up. Uh, they're really easy to use and it just says, hey, the players at this table are much more important than the game that we're playing and that is always the way that it's going to be. And so we quite we encourage creating those spaces where people can express themselves and be who they got to be and then we encourage, uh, as a podcaster and person who creates content, um, setting by example, uh, try and encourage people to Use pronoun circles, try and encourage people to play more interesting characters and say, cool, that is the third dude you've played in a row. Uh, you want to try a different gender? Just like try being a girl. Like that is an option that you can do in a home game and say, OK, so we have lots of options to experiment and try and just get people in the space of normalizing these characters, normalizing The ability to make choices and then when you go out and you see it elsewhere you're like oh no i've already seen that you know i play with someone who plays a queer character i play with someone uh who uh is trans i play with someone who uh is a really old lady like no problem you know we're seeing this all the time it gets it makes it a lot easier we normalize it um and then i think like especially for me part of the deal is we can have guests on our podcast Hmm. we should make choices about who those guests are while we can you know, so we we try to have um, trans people, we try to have women where we can, just because gender diversity is the kind of thing that I personally work on. Um, and like we try and make sure that our panels uh, have people who are interesting and who have a viewpoint that is important, and often a viewpoint that I don't have. So it's it's kind of making space and then encouraging people to engage with the material in a safe and a fun and a positive way.
3: Yeah, if if. If you have a platform, use it to educate as well. Uh, yeah. You can inc- encourage by showing people that these that these things are out there. Um, so, as uh, from my perspective as a, as community manager, look at look at these sources. Find retweet, uh, post, uh, repost things on on Facebook. Use your social media. Like all of us are are so much more connected uh, than we were. 10, 15, 20 years ago. Uh, that games shouldn't have a problem finding source material, and that you shouldn't that getting that out there shouldn't be more difficult. Barriers to entry, notwithstanding internet access, yeah. etc. But taking taking whatever steps you can to use your platformer to showcase the works of others who are doing the things that need to be done. Uh, because signal boosting is so, so important. Uh, And those are small steps that anyone can do. Uh, The other thing I uh, I would say is also encourage people to look at, because if you're looking at traditional pen and paper games, uh, ask people if you're playing video games. Any RPG which has a character creation uh, option these days will often actually be quite diverse in terms of skin tone, Mm -hmm. um, tattoos, Ornamentation of like, how you look and how you present uh, to the world. And just get people to start thinking about that. Uh, say, if uh, point them to their favorite RPG or something like that. What character creation options are you presented with there? Cool. See how we can explore this in an RPG setting. Think about what your character looks like and how your character is presenting to the world beyond, I have a plus one sword. Uh, <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's really simple little things that you can encourage people to think about in that step and going back to the, these are the first steps that you can use to help make more diverse settings so.
1: do you have anything to
2: add Kate? Uh, no <laughs> that, that, yeah no there's a lot of great stuff I, I need to. I want to go do more research as well I've got to find it's all what? these sources hey oh, it's <laughs> The problem
5: with the rest of this is we don't shut up. I'm sorry. It's fine. Here is my
1: soapbox. Um, So we've got, we've we've saved the most difficult question for last. Thanks. (laughs) Gee, is that the time? (laughs) (laughs) So um, is there a piece of media or a story out there where you have seen a character like yourself
4: represented? so, I said that I would go first because I was the one who was like, oh, yeah, I have one for this. Um, so, it's okay. Your time will come.
5: It's, the answer is no. Not oh. yet. The answer is not yet. Yeah, okay. Not the yet. answer is not yet. Not yet.
4: Um, so, for me, uh, as a uh, young lady, uh, the main sort of media that I was presented with that contained people like me were Disney princesses. So, it's very romance heavy. Um, the entire story is kind of focused around someone else. Um, and your lines are sometimes a lot less than the other characters. So the first thing that really like, struck me was uh, the film Matilda, um, which I watched till the tape ran out, <laughs> when there were tapes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is that she was a girl, she was a girl, she was smart, and she was kind. And she didn't have to pick two. So quite often in media I get to see, and uh, the Disney Channel still does it a lot now, is if you are female and smart, you cannot be kind. You know, you can only be mean or uncharacteristic, or if you're female and kind, you can't be smart. And so for me, as a precocious young child with a big mouth, uh, seeing someone who was able to go out and, uh, in a story that's actually really filled with female characters, so there's Miss Honey, who is uh, kind and smart and and also uh, a woman, and then there's The Trunchbull, who is not kind, but also smart and a woman, but all of these people, the characters in the story, they have motivations, they are three-dimensional. Even her mother, who's not a positive character, is three-dimensional and she has dreams that are unrelated to a man's story, essentially. And so I think for me, that was really the first time that I was like, oh, you know, there is a character who is like me, but has their own shit going on. Um, Though obviously I couldn't say that because I was like six, so. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
3: As uh, South Asian, ace and gay, No, the same same answer is not yet. But steps, like I remember watching EastEnders when the first gay kiss on national television was shown uh, and that having a a profound effect on teenage me. Uh, um, But similarly, it's uh, actually, if we're looking at first piece of media that I could point to and say, oh, look, there is a brown-skinned person uh, um, represented here. The Josh Kirby covers for the Discworld series. Uh, because if you haven't looked at them, they are remarkably representative and remarkably diverse uh, in the way they show the populations of ankh Park uh, and the disc as a whole. There are various issues with the storytelling in Discworld and such, but one of the things that Terra uh, Pratchett didn't stint on uh, was Allowing Akmolport to be a very diverse city and showcasing different cultures, uh, and I think, yeah, looking at a lot of those covers when I was a teenager was okay. I can see this. I mean, again, this wasn't a conscious thing. It's like I can see myself, but it was like recognizing it and saying, okay, this is something that I might like because I can see people. Uh. Yeah.
2: Um, what I find interesting about this, because I'm, I'm sort of, I'm still trying to think of. Uh, of a story or whatever that's that and I've, I've found and maybe this is because there isn't there, or there isn't that much or when I was younger um, I've often found myself relating to male characters a lot mm. so uh, or, or sort of you know like I'm a big fan of Robin Hood and you know and all these sort of things and, and I love movies like Indiana Jones and Back to the Future and stuff so I find myself sort of relating to those characters even though they are male characters and um, and um, what, what I find really interesting, again, kind of trying to come from writing and various things and creating is that you change those characters into female characters and it changes the way you see those characters a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think the big um, thing that is, uh, is difficult at the moment, uh, just, just talking about gender <coughs> is, yeah, how do you, like as soon as you change someone's gender uh, the actions that they take are interpreted differently mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and how to break that barrier yeah. mm-hmm. is really difficult because I find it myself I'm like yeah but as soon as you know okay but if that happened like you know uh, suddenly they're a damsel in distress when uh, but if it was a male character like th- that just shows vulnerability and so like it's really interesting sort of those yeah. sort of things and um, um, and as I get older, now it's more about like going. Oh, all these characters are really young. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. like, I still feel like a, such a baby. Um, but um, and so you know, and and but as you yeah, as you get older, it just becomes about families and motherhood and whatever. And I'm not married and don't mm-hmm. have kids. And so I'm like, where do I stand? Because like I'm, I I'm not that young teenage you know <laughs> person. Uh, so who's representing sort of me? That sort of like. Adult child. <laughs>
3: I'm, wondering, I'm wondering because a lot of a lot of tropes will then start forcing you: Are you maiden, mother, or crone? Yeah, and, yeah. And yeah, that's yeah. a really yeah. horrible trope. Absolutely. To, to to be to be forced down. Like.
4: Yeah, and yeah. um, I really like uh, Noel Stevenson, who makes yeah. uh, Nimona and Shira. Uh, her rule is: This character is a man. What if they were a buff lady instead? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: because it should have no bearing on the character's actions. And no. it doesn't yeah. in the
5: writing.
4: And also, buff ladies.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's funny
5: with... Re- it's very hard Sorry. to say. With representation in, in this aspect, like, as a recently transgender father in the age of 30, no, of course not. But, I mean, I, I don't think... I don't think up until recently I would have been able to say that's what I was. Up until yeah. recently, I wouldn't have had the, yeah. the freedom to go, that's who I am. So finding those characters happens, I think, Next, yeah, and as the world changes, our fictional representations of the world change, and it it is undeniable that over time, fantasy and sci-fi has uh, queer coded more as time has gone on, <laughs> specifically to go, there are gay people, and the early sci-fi and fantasy isn't very good at this,
3: and um, well, apart from queer coding villains, aren't they? yeah, yeah. yeah. queer coding villains <laughs> <laughs> too far, please. Um,
5: <laughs> there is a, I think. I do think, I personally feel anyway, that this is the kind of thing that, no, I don't feel represented in anything mm. I've read yet. You're right, yet is the big word. There are small pockets here and there where I can go like that, like that. Yeah, you can
3: see aspects, but, yeah. but it is a continually changing, uh, mm. changing process as people's opinions and depictions of themselves change. Um, yeah. uh, as you said, as you get older, yeah. seeing yourself uh, change through those things changes what you want to see from your media. Mm. I, we were talking about this earlier because, yes, we were given the questions in advance. And um, what's
5: a, what's a representative? I couldn't think of one. And the thing that jumped to my mind was Wonder Woman, the new movie. New movie. It's like four years old, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, it's not representative of me at all. And yet something in that made me go, yep. Would you like to add Because
4: yes. we talked about this. So
1: I think um, as a person who wrote the questions, um, I'm not helping you guys out in that the thing that made me feel the most represented came out. Two years ago, you know, I grew up watching James Bond films. I grew up with that male character who can come in, save the day, is so hardcore, and never saw a woman in that role. When I watched Wonder Woman, I wept, absolutely wept through every fight scene because that was the first time that I saw an actual, you know, femme coded woman whose get ups, rises out of the trenches, and just is really badass. Yeah. yeah.
5: My mate and I were in France watching this bizarrely and um, we both started crying at the first scene and we didn't know why and we got to about halfway through and I realised it was because they were showing a young girl watching women trained to yeah, be badass yeah. and being part of that and going... I understand the preview stuff. I saw people on Twitter going, "This is the film for my child," and going, "Yep, I totally understand that. I and totally also, feel that."
2: I was just going to say the the biggest problem with that film I have is is that the Amazons do not. I, I just want them to stay on that island. Yes. And, <laughs> yeah. All of those kickass women, because it's like, no, don't move away. This is the best bit. Like, I don't need to see all the other stuff and Nazis and whatever yeah, else. I'll just play on this just kickass after, island. After
5: the half hour, the beginning half hour, full sort of heaven it just nose dives. Really
2: yeah, yeah, but like, yeah. To see, I would happily watch a movie all about that I think that that it has a
4: place as well not just as a piece of media but as like an experience for the people who are in it. Mm. So obviously uh, all those Amazons are like crossfitters and like athletes and acrobats. Mm. I think some were just
2: models though who then also had to train up for months and months and months. And
4: they all just hung out and like trained to be buff with a load of other women. And they were like never experienced this before usually it's just me and then people tell me what to eat and i just got to like hang out and like hit stuff with other women and it was amazing (laughs) and i just i feel like i'd really like that to be an experience that i get to have (laughs) 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 hit stuff with other women (laughs) i've got a way to go
1: i'm gonna end it in there as we're running out of time um we've got a couple of minutes if anyone has any questions
2: So many questions!
1: Uh, um, You, in the back, would you... Yes, you! Um,
2: Sorry, um, i play with Chris on Agents. Um, I'm gender fluid, I'm playing a gender fluid character. I'm the only gender fluid person that I know. Um,
1: It's terrifying. Are you ever scared that you're representing something that potentially... You're representing something
4: that you might not know about? Like, you might be representing something wrong? Yes. (laughs)
5: <laughs> okay, so the, the, just for the
4: recording, the question was, I am um, uh, a young gen flu person and I am scared. Are you worried about <laughs> representing something you don't know about?
5: Um, well, I mean, we play together, so you know this. but I'm just, you know, um, Yeah, I, I'm not representative of all trans people. Good Lord, no. Yeah. There's not a chance. And of course I'm going to get things wrong and say the wrong thing. And
4: I play a young gay man yeah. a lot. So.
5: <laughs> there's, I think there's an element of yeah it's terrifying and also element of if you ask people questions as you go and if you don't have people to ask the internet as we talked about earlier and also why am I answering this question we play together
3: <laughs> <laughs> I think that there's also the uh, there's also the thing that if you're the one running the game you're you as the GM are um, are the one creating this world and having you you're playing a lot of these characters and for the most part, nobody bats an eyelid uh, when you are a male GM playing a female NPC uh, mm. these days. Uh, it's, all, it, it's pretty much expected, and a lot of the, the literature is, is, is go that way. The question comes when you start playing outside of those accepted uh, um, like boundaries, and the question of, yes, and actually being scared is a good response, uh, because it means that you are willing to learn and educate and be sure about the way you want to present it. If you, if somebody wasn't, if somebody was playing that kind of character, I wasn't scared about playing outside of their norms. I would be more worried about them.
4: It means you don't care enough if you're not yes, scared yeah, about doing it. Definitely. I think it's, I think it's important to. If we just keep playing the same characters over and over again, are we, are we adding anything, or are we going to do the work and are we going to do what we can where we can, and sometimes we're going to fuck it up. Like, as content creators, we are going to fuck it up occasionally. And that is the price of trying. And we just, we fail, we go, we learn, we fail better. And I mean, it's hard and it sucks to be like, you really hurt my feelings. And But if I don't do it at all, then I'm not adding anything to the space. Mm. And then why am I
3: bothering? And you can be scared and confident. About like you can present your character confidently and still be scared about doing so, and you shouldn't necessarily be worried about that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> don't worry that, if,
5: about being scared. Yeah, of yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because, like,
3: yeah because because of the platform of what you of, yeah. of what you're presenting like those are those are not mutually exclusive aspects. Uh.
2: Yeah, I I think basically everybody's experience in life is different, and so no one can represent everybody in yeah. any kind of way. So we we're, we're all just. Doing our thing and trying our best, and I think for me, um, the the wor- like I think it's much better to try something and fail at it than uh, than to hold back because um, you know it, there's definitely um, the worry of offending someone or doing something wrong or whatever. But um, it's m- much better to be willing to try and do it. Um, and and then talk it through, yeah, and figure out and what, what did I do. It. You know, like at the beginning, I didn't. I don't do pronouns very often. I don't know what I'm <laughs> doing with it, and so I'm still learning all that stuff. And it's like I, but I'd rather learn it than be like, well, I don't do it yeah. because you're not going to learn. Like learning is through failure, and we have to do it. And people have to accept that people are going to fail, um, and and that failure isn't the same as, uh, or sort of getting something wrong isn't the same as deliberately calling someone out or yeah. whatever I, so. I think a really yeah. good example of this
4: is actually Brooklyn Nine-Nine if you've seen the TV show mm. um, so they answer the question of uh, how do we deal with stereotypes by just increasing the diversity like uh, you you have a, a hard ass Latina who breaks a printer with a with a baseball bat <laughs> but then you also have a Latina who likes to put things in folders and yeah. is like deeply neurotic you've created two very different characters so you're, you're You've said, okay, yeah, well, this may hit a stif- particular stereotype, or this may hit a particular stereotype, but these are full characters, and they, they do things that maybe are like community-coded. But the more we add, the more obvious it is, is that we're not creating one stock character over and over again.
3: And they mm-hmm. do things because there is a reason to, not because their yeah. race or their gender or things yeah. stereotypes them to do so. Oh, one one morning.
4: <laughs> yeah, I'm,
1: I'm, I'm very sorry that we're going to have to stop there. And I know that a lot of you still have questions. Um, I will be around afterwards. Um, I think some of us will also be around afterwards. So if you have questions, we're happy to talk to you um, outside.
5: Does it also it mean I, if you want to tweet questions at me that's perfectly fine it's uh, chris his just my name i don't want to offer that for everyone else but that's always okay
1: that's yeah, i was just gonna turn to the plug. <laughs> yeah I, I was gonna say now that's a great opportunity if you hmm. want to just plug your things again
2: oh, okay very quick oh gosh uh okay so chaotic neutral games every friday at 8 p.m over on twitter um Come and watch. Uh, also, *Ren the Girl with the Mark*. And uh, talking to *Lord of the Rings*, I did a *Lord of the Rings* fan film ten years ago that's <laughs> on YouTube with like sort of 50 million views, or something like, crazy. So if you like *Lord of the Rings*, <laughs> and there is, I play a female character in it. Um, but, uh, I don't know. Uh, that's called *Born of Hope*. If you if you want to check that out, um, and *Ren the Girl with the Mark*, and you can find me at *Actors at Work* on Twitter or *KateMadison.net*.
3: Uh, yeah, uh, my name again is Anil Guttigumur, uh community manager for Rusty Quill. You can find us on Twitter at the Rusty Quill or www.rustyquill.com, where you can find links to all uh, all of our shows. We release. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, depending on whether we're in season or not. Um, if you want to to talk to us, uh, Rossy Quill can find us on Twitter, Facebook, etc. But if you want to talk to me personally, uh, I am at Goody Gumdrop, G O D I G U M D R O P, nice. on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, you can you can get in touch with me uh, there as well.
4: Okay, uh, I wear two hats, so I'm uh, in No More Damsels, which is at NMD London, um, where you can talk to us. We have a website uh, no-more-damsels-rpg.org, where we have table tools we have uh, codes of conduct for your events uh, we have resources um, and we have like uh, the really reading... <laughs> if I didn't say book list I was getting shot <laughs> uh, the book list that Sarah has spent many breathtaking hours putting together um, I also wear another hat which is my Power Word Roll hat um, so we are a podcast. You can find us at uh, Linktree. So L-A-N-K-T-R dot e-e slash Power World Roll. Uh, we're on all the platforms. We release every Tuesday, and it's a thirty-minute sort of condensed version of D and
5: um, I, I yeah, adventurers wanted. Uh, we uh adventureswanted.co.uk, adventurous250 on Twitter, because our first uh, live game was 250 hours long. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We were at that. Yeah, yeah i yeah. yeah, yeah. Four years ago? Yeah. Um, you can find us at, at Wanted everywhere else. We're on twitch.tv slash adventurerswanted for all of our shows. And yeah, uh, Mondays 6 to 9 p.m. is streamed at twitch.tv slash DD. All right. Thank you very, right. much.
4: Thank you very Thank you. much, guys. Thank you.